0: Thank you for listening to this message from Life in the Sun Christian Fellowship. We hope you'll be inspired to honor God and make disciples. Good morning, Church. Can you still trust me? <laughs> anyway, thank you, Pastor Mark. <laughs> and thank you for coming. Today is Sunday, your Life in the Sun Christian Fellowship. Uh, just one second for those of you who are coming for the very first time. I was trying to see, but I couldn't. It was too dark. <clears throat> but anyway, if you're if you've been with us for a couple of weeks, you know that we are doing a series. In fact, this is one of the longest ones that we have, uh, we have done. This is uh, week 16, and today we're going to conclude with our series. Uh, as you see, it's redefined. Amen? So let's just go ahead and uh, let's do an overview first of what we have been talking about. Go ahead and show the slide. So for the first three weeks, the team was Identity. The uh, Week 4 to 8, it was about relationship with others. Week 9 to 12, it was with relationships with God or relationship with God. And then week 13 to 16 was all about wisdom for life. So if you've been uh, part of the whole 16 weeks, congratulations, you made it to the end. You know, it is, it is a long, and then uh, what came to mind today was that I wonder how long it took Jesus to really uh, speak Remember, when it began in chapter 5, it says that a multitude was gathered. There was a big multitude that gathered. How long did it take for Jesus to finally finish up to uh, uh, chapter 7? I do not know. But I was reminded of how Paul, when he would preach, he would also take a long time. And there was, a, there was one preaching that he did that it lasted over the night. That somebody was sitting on a balcony window. He actually fell down and died. He fell asleep while he was listening to the preaching. He fell down died. So that's a warning. Don't fall asleep during their preaching. No. <laughs> no, that's not. But, but what's the interesting about it is Paul comes up to the guy, raise him back to life, and as if nothing happened, and they continued with the preaching. So that's how long Paul was preaching. Well, I won't take all of your time today, and I hope you don't fall asleep. But if you do, uh, chairs are comfortable. Okay, so let's just go ahead and let's uh, conclude with this series. It is, uh, uh, I hear an echo somewhere. So go ahead and do the next slide. So uh, to end this off, to conclude, the title for this uh, week 16 is The Two Foundation. And uh, it's going to be from Matthew chapter 7, 24 to, go ahead. So let's just go ahead and read chapter 24. It says, Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them i will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock and the rain descended the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house and it did not fall for it was founded on the rock but everyone who hears the saying of mine and does not do them will will be likened to a foolish man who built his house on the sand and the rain descended the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house, and it fell, and great was its fall. Next slide. And so it was when Jesus had ended the sayings that the people were astonished at his teaching, for he taught them as one having authority and not as the scribe. Let's just pray one more time. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for what what you have passed down to Jesus and what in turn he has passed down to us through the Bible. And Father, I just pray today that you would allow our eyes to be open to see the nuggets of what you're whispering and the, what you are speaking to us. May our hearts be open to receive, and may our ears be open to hear your word today. In Jesus' name, amen. So, the two foundations. So, finally, it says, it begins by saying, therefore. So, it, it really, uh, whenever you see that in the Bible, whew, it's, uh, there, was, uh, there was something that was said before. So, therefore. It says, and so this is our therefore. This is the conclusion. He says, therefore, whoever hears this saying of mine. So let's just, uh, um, let's look at the context first and foremost. So there is a multitude that was gathered, and they've been listening. Okay? So finally, Jesus is ending his saying, and the, and this is uh, the ending. So what I'm going to do today is going to look at uh, the similarities between the What Jesus uh, used as a building metaphor. And then I'm also going to look at the difference. And then I'll end with uh, the benefits of uh, what he was really talking about. So let's look at the similarities between the two examples that Jesus, uh, Jesus used, the two men. Go ahead. So it says, therefore, whoever. So the first similarity that you would see is that both examples that Jesus used... Both of them heard. Okay? It says, therefore, whoever hears the saying of mine, but everyone who hears the saying of mine. So that tells us in a modern day setting, the people that are hearing are in the same place. Okay? That's the first similarity. Of course, when he first said the, all these sayings, they were in the multitude. So everybody in the multitude heard what he was saying. Second similarity. Both of the men that Jesus used built their house. And what is a house? A house is a picture of life. How do you build your life? Okay? That's the second similarity. So they both heard, and they both were building their house, or they both built their house. The The third one, go ahead. Then we see the three elements, and it is not earth, wind, and fire. It is the rain descended. Go ahead, the next one. The floods came. And then the winds blew and beat on that house. What does that represent? Basically, that all represents the hardship of life, the challenges in life, the difficulties in life. If you're a parent, uh, uh, you you deal with, of course, first and foremost, you deal with your spouse. You deal with your in-laws. Then you got your children. You got school. You got finances, so on, so forth. And sometimes those can really what? Buffet you. They begin to put pressure on you. And that really is the representation of the elements. The rain descended, the flood came, the wind blew and beat on your life. That's what it's saying. The trials came, the difficulty difficulty came, the financial trouble came, and it is beating on your house. So we see here three, three similarities. That both of them heard the message. Both of them were building their life. And both of them were going through the same storms in life, just like Guam. We're so small that when a, in the natural, when a storm comes, the ones in Jigo will feel the same wind that the people in Mariso are feeling. Correct? You cannot hide anywhere in Guam. We're too small. So it was the same. So this tells us even in the modern-day setting, this message was really for those who are hearing, meaning for those who are in the church it is not about a person in the church and about another person outside of the church who has not heard but it's really about people who sit down and hear the messages and the sayings of Jesus Christ so just like here you today you're sitting here and you're hearing me speak of a message so but when 12:30 comes you exit the door that will determine the difference okay so this is a similarity they heard the same message, they're both building the house, they're both, being, uh, they're both going through experiences in life. Sometimes we have this idea that when we're going through hardship, oh, I'm the only one that's going through this. Brother Ben up there looks so smooth with his life, it seems like he's not going through any problems. But the reality is we both go through the same problems. We're living in the same society, Amen. So that's the, that's the similarity. Now let's look at the difference of what Jesus uh, used as a metaphor. So what is the first difference? Very obvious. It says, hear the person who hears the saying of mine and does them. Versus the person that heard or hears the saying of mine and does not do them. That's the first difference. Just like what I said. 1230 comes, all of us heard the same message But one of us would decide to actually do, follow the message, or one will decide, no, I don't feel like I want to follow the message. And that's what uh, Jesus was saying. One does it while the other one decides not to do it. Okay, what's the next difference? Jesus uses the word wise man to describe the person who actually heard and did what they heard versus Jesus uses the word, a foolish man who built his life on the sand. So by simply not following through or not doing what you heard Jesus say, Jesus say it's about building on the sand. And what's, and what's wrong with the sand? Isn't sand good? We love the beach, don't we? Sand is good, but not for building your house. Yes, you need sand to, co- to make concrete, but not for to build your house upon. Sands will ship. Okay, they do not stay steady when the rain comes, when the flood, and when the wind blows. So that's what Jesus said. For those of you who hears but do not do them, I will liken you to a foolish man. Thank goodness this is from the Bible. That you're not just hearing it from me. Okay? What's the, what's the third uh, difference that Jesus used? It says that the person that heard this saying of mine that does them, which he called to be a wise man because he built his life upon something that is solid, upon something that does not move in time and through the elements. He said when the elements came, when the hardship came, when the trial came, it says that it did not fall for it was founded on something that is solid. Versus the man who heard this saying of mine but did not do them, he likened him to a foolish man that when the, the elements came, what did it say? It fell, his life fell apart, and great was its fall. I mean, it fell already tells you that it fell, but when Jesus said, and great was its fall, that really tells you it, it's, it's, it's devastating. Amen? So we can really stop over here and really we can say, Church, that is the whole message today. It's not about just coming to church. Yes, but don't stop coming to church. Okay, that's one step. Come to church because you have more opportunity to hear the message of Christ when you're in the church. But the second part is to take what you heard as a message and actually put them into practice. Because when you do, both of you who did not do it and did it will go to the same things. And the one that stood took the message and stood on that message and followed that message is the one that stood still or the one that did not fall because it was a solid foundation. The sayings of Christ is a solid foundation. Amen? So that's what I want to concentrate in the last point is that what is it about the sayings of Christ? That is really, I love how Taylor said, our faith really is on the promise. That's all we can do. We stand on the promise and, some, uh, and if we don't know the promise so well, sometimes there, that's why doubt comes in, because we really don't know much of the promise. So I want to take a little bit more time and uh, focus on the sayings of Christ, or on what is it? See, it, he took him uh, two chapters. We took 16 weeks to go through this entire thing, and this is our conclusion. So I want to at least leave you... Um, And I will trust the Holy Spirit that when the time comes for you to hear, or the time comes that you need to be reminded of what we went through for 16 weeks, the Holy Spirit will be the one to teach you because He's a better teacher than anybody else. Amen? So let me pose you this question. Uh, If the Lord were a fear, if the Lord would come to you in a dream, or say in a vision, or you hear a still small voice from the Lord, and He posed this question to you. Ask me anything. Think about it. Ask me anything, and I will give it to you. What would you ask for while I drink water? <clears throat> I can already imagine, if you're a single man, you're probably asked, "Lord, give me a wife that looks like Miss Universe." Or if, you're, or if you're a single lady, Lord, at least may he look like Thor." Oh? That'll be good enough for me. A millionaire versus a billionaire, I'll take that. Right? Lord, give me give me all the money in the world. Lord, give me this, uh give me this car, give me this house. I mean, isn't it is that running through your mind right now? Well, there was one the man there was a, was a man that was actually asked by God. Can you go ahead and show that? It says Coming from 1 Kings 3, verse 5, and this is Solomon. At Gibeon, the Lord appeared to Solomon in a dream by night, and God said, Ask, what shall I give you? You had your chance. (laughs) I told you to imagine, ask. If God were to appear to you, ask, what shall I give you? What would you tell God? Well, you want to see what this guy asked for? Go ahead, next. Next. well, hopefully we, we're, we're up to standard, right? So this is what Solomon asked for. Therefore, give to your servant an understanding heart to judge your people that I may discern between good and evil. For who is able to judge this great people of yours? Of course, this, I, I just grabbed the, the particular verse that he, uh, what he was asking for. But before this, he actually said, Lord, you, ha- you have given the kingdom to me out, for, out from my father David, but I am young. For I do not know how to go in. I do not know how to go out. So this is what he asked for. Give me an understanding heart to judge your people that I might discern between good and evil. For he is able to judge this great people of yours. Anybody's uh, request came close? <laughs> okay, that's fine. <laughs> I guess we're not. So And nobody came close. But here's my question again. So what gave Solomon this idea? If God were to appear to you today, would you really... This is really what you're going to ask for? What gave him this idea to ask for this? An understanding, uh, give me an understanding heart to judge your people. Who gave them his, this, this idea? Did, did the prophet actually come to Solomon and say, Solomon, tonight God will appear to you in a dream and he's going to ask you this question. Make sure you ask him this. Did anybody appear to him? No? Anybody? Take a wild guess. Who gave him this idea? Okay, okay, we should read our Bible more. (laughs) Okay, who gave him this idea? His father. Who's his father? David. I guess the first thing we know about Solomon is, is that he was the wisest man who ever lived. But we cannot say the reason why he asked for this is because he was wise. Because this was before he became wise. That's the whole reason he became wise was because he asked for an understanding heart. So where did he get this idea? He got it from his father, David. Let me show you. Go ahead, next verse. Before David passed, uh, before, on David's dying day, this is what he, or on his dying bed, this is what David told Solomon. Now the days of David drew near that he should die. And he charged Solomon his son, saying, so this is his last charge to his son. And keep the charge of the Lord your God to walk in his ways, to keep his statures, his commandments, his judgment, and his testimonies. As it is written in the law of Moses that you may prosper in all that you do and whatever or wherever you turn. Do you see any similarities of what we were just looking at? Whoever hears the saying of mine and does them will get a result A result at the end. He would stand the storm of life. A little similarity? No? Okay, let's move on. So this was David's charge to Solomon. Now, like what I said, Solomon was the wisest man. And Solomon wrote three books, right smack in the Old Testament. It's Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, and Song of Song. If you're uh, in a regular uh, daily reading habit, Proverbs is very good because it's 31 chapters. Okay, every single day you can read a chapter. So if Solomon wrote the book of uh, Proverbs, so what was he saying here? Proverbs chapter 4 verse 3, When I was my father's son, tender and only one in the sight of my mother... So he's saying, when I was young, I, Solomon, was young. This is what was charged to me. He, who was he? His father David, also taught me. Who's me? Solomon. And said to me, who's me here? Solomon. Let your heart return, retain my words. Keep my commands and live. Did you see it, church? The words, uh, this is what's so exciting. If you're in a regular reading with Proverbs... There are 19 times in Proverbs that you will come across the salutation, My Son. Because I, I believe it was really David's word that Solomon had acquired over the years from hearing his father say, My Son, my Son, my Son. The same way when Jesus said, If you hear, here is in, is in its present tense, which means it's a habitual. It will come again. If you hear, just like when uh, he rides the bike. You ride now, you stop, you ride again. So he rides the bike. Is that correct? Who's my English teacher here? Coming from me, okay. But that's what it is. I believe that Solomon wrote down down 31 chapters in Proverbs. But if you look it up, the first seven chapters always begins, or you would always see the salutation, my son. And I believe it was David's word that has been ingrained in his heart. Because he heard the saying from his father... And he did them. He kept them. He kept them. He kept them. So whoever hears this saying of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on a rock, that when the rains descended, the flood came, the wind blew, and beat against that house. It did not fall because it was grounded or it was founded on the rock. So once again, this is Proverbs 4.4. It says, He also taught me and said to me, Let your heart retain my words, my saying. And keep my commands and live. Now here, let me show you four uh, verses. You will see a pattern here. It says, My son, hear the instructions of your father and do not forsake the law of your mother. For they will be a graceful ornament on your head and chains about your neck. Whoever hears these words of mine and puts them into practice, I will liken to a wise man that when the elements come... His house will not fall. Keep my instruction, it would be an ornament of grace on your head. Chapter Proverbs chapter two, verse one, two and nine. It says, "My son, if you receive my words, say, receive my saying, and treasure my command within you so that you incline your ear to wisdom and apply your heart to understanding, then you will understand righteousness and justice, equity and every good path. Whoever keeps this say, or whoever hears this saying of mine. And does them, I will liken him to a man who built his house on the rock. Go on. Next. My son, do not forget my law, but let your heart keep my command. For length of days and long life and peace they will add to you. Imagine that benefit. Long life. We are trusting so many other things for long life and length of days. Okay, I'll leave that there. Next. <laughs> Here's another one. It says, My son, give attention to my words. Incline your ear to my saying. Do not let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. For they are life to those who find them and help to all their flesh. Whoever hears the sayings of mine and puts them into practice or does them, I will liken him to a wise man that when the elements of life comes, he will not fall for he was founded on the rock. Does it sound similar? Here it is again. For they are alive to those who find them and help to all their flesh. Once again, where do you put your help now? And I will leave it at that. So going back to that question. So, so, what, so where did Solomon get that idea that if the Lord were appeared to you, ask for this? I believe it was from his father David because his father David said so many things for him. Or he would continually... Speak sayings. He would continually say, "Keep my command, my son," which was interesting because David had more than one son. I mean, why Solomon? Why only Solomon? You know, the, in fact, the, his name, Solomon's name, was really when, when Solomon was born. Uh, you know, Solomon was the, the, the son of uh, Bathsheba, correct? Everybody knows that? The, the king's uh, son through a scandal uh, passed, so the second son was uh, Solomon. God actually sent Nathan to tell, uh, I guess to tell uh, Bathsheba and David that you should call him Jedidiah. That was really the name that God told him to, uh, to use. And that word Jedidiah is beloved of the Lord, I mean, that in itself is identity. Your, your parents have a scandalous relationship. Can you imagine all your other siblings talking to you, oh, teasing you, oh, bullying you? Good thing they didn't have Facebook back then. So they, he would have probably gotten it from his own siblings. And why do I say that? Because his two brothers actually tried to, to steal the kingdom away from him. Absalom and Adonijah tried to steal the kingdom away from him. So I believe it was God actually uh, had to send Nathan to say, your name shall be Jedidiah because I love you. I loved him. He is beloved of the Lord. So going on, sorry, I wasn't part of it. So where did Solomon get this idea that asked for an understanding heart? From his father. So go ahead, uh, the next verse. This is coming from Proverbs chapter 4, verse 7. I believe this is the continuation of what David was saying. Wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom in all you're getting. Get understanding. So finally, when the Lord appeared, what did he ask for? Lord, give me wisdom. My father David has not stopped telling me to get wisdom. Get understanding. Jesus has not stopped telling me to follow the words that I say. You know, um, I didn't really grow up with a father figure, and I cannot even remember (laughs) I was adopted at a young age. Then my biological father, when I did have a relationship with him, we were not so close anymore. And as I was thinking about this, I cannot recall any saying that my father actually told me, which is really sad. And I do not even know what he's passionate about. But here we see that Solomon had what do you call this had um, had a legacy from his father david was called by god a man after his own heart in the book of kings i i cannot uh, remember which part but david uh, david solomon declared for it was in my father's heart to build a temple for the name of the lord our god of israel solomon knew exactly what his father, David, was passionate about. Because his father passed down a legacy to him. And church, that really is another point to make here. If you're a parent, you, the sayings that you speak to your children, can you imagine 20, 30 years later, you can see yourself in them? Whoa, I remember, I remember telling that to them, but it didn't sound like that. I hope, of course, it shouldn't be that way, okay? I hope it's not that way. But just think about it. David's legacy was passed down to his son Solomon because he would always say, he would always keep saying, keep my commands, keep them. They are a grace of ornament in your neck. Keep them. They would be life to you. They would be a help to all your flesh. Amen? So in closing, one last thing just to encourage you. Last verse. And I believe this might be one of the greatest benefits that we could ever have from just following the word of the Lord. And there is. See, we began from Matthew chapter 7 where what we saw was that by hearing Christ, the words of Christ, and doing them, it allows us preservation. It allows us to be protected in times of crisis. And then I went through Proverbs, and as as you have uh, seen David spoke so much uh, proverbs to Solomon that Solomon in turn wrote them in the book of Proverbs. Here, this is coming from Psalms 37, verse 4. It says, Delight yourself also in the Lord, and he shall give you the desires of your heart. Just to end, I want to show you how this father and son duo. And just I want to show you how good our God is. It says, Delight yourself also in the Lord and He shall give you the desires of your heart. As a young believer, I've heard interpretations of this. And this is how they would give me the interpretation. It says that if you delight yourself in the Lord, God will slowly begin to change the desires of your heart. And when God changes the desire of your heart, of course God cannot but... Fulfill that desire. That's how I've heard this uh, in, uh, uh, interpretation. And is it wrong? Of course not. And yes, I believe that happens. That will happen. When you delight yourself in God, when you delight yourself in the Lord, your desires become, your desires change. If you desire things in the natural, then you will begin to have a desire for things that are eternal. Salvation of people. See? Things like that. <clears throat> but also, I came across, as I was studying, I came across Charles Spurgeon once, and he happened to be uh, explaining this. And this is what he said, how this was, uh, or this is his interpretation. It says, when you delight yourself into, uh, in the Lord, the second part, when he said, he shall give you the desires of your heart, what he's really saying is, here's a blank check. That's what the Lord was really telling David. Here's a blank check, David, because I know your heart, so here's a blank check. That's what. That's how uh, Charles Spurgeon uh, uh, interprets it. So I look back and I go back to the life of David, and it is true. Uh, last week I was MC. I told you how Solomon built the temple of the Lord, and up to now it has never been surpassed in value. It is uh, today's uh, today's value. It is still uh, valued at 497 billion. There is not a single structure in the world that has surpassed that. But the question is, who supplied the materials. King David supplied all those materials. When David sinned, his, I believe his sin was that he didn't ask God. That's why he ended up sinning. He sinned against uh, the Lord by taking, by taking the wife of his man, Uriah, and then uh, later on killing Uriah. Nathan was sent to David, and Nathan said, uh, coming, uh, coming from uh, uh, 2 Samuel, I'm sorry, I don't have the verse for it. uh, Nathan, Nathan, the prophet, said, I have given you the kingdom. I have given you your master's house, your master's wife. If you wanted more, I could have given you more. See, David had an open checkbook with God. Because God knew exactly his heart. Solomon, also his son... Basically, is another man who is after God's own heart, and I say that because it was really—I believe it was really passed on by his father David to him. Why? Because Solomon, if you read Ecclesiastes, he said, "There is nothing, and there is nothing that my eye has—my de- eye. Okay, it's not a cyclo. My eyes have desired that I have not basically tried." Solomon had everything from everything. If—if uh, if you're talking about boats. Uh, he had boats, yachts. Today we call them yachts, right? A sports car, he had stallions. Palaces, uh, you know, Solomon took 13 years to build his palace. It took only seven years to build the temple of the Lord. So that gives you an idea that he, was, he had so much time uh, building his own house. So God also gave an open checkbook to Solomon. So church, that really is our God, that God. The sayings that he tells us is not intended to really to stop us from enjoying life. Because sometimes that's what we think. We think that God, the reason why God puts all this saying, God puts all these things is so that uh, it's intended to block us from enjoying life. No, the very, um, uh, Matthew chapter 7 tells us that it's intended to protect us. For David and his son, it was intended to bring life to him, to live. amen amen Amen. that's all i have for you church amen let's just go ahead and pray father thank you for this thank you for this uh series and lord just as i prayed earlier i pray father that that we're not just here to hear, and yes, as great as coming to church is, Father, I pray. You know, it is difficult to put things into practice. Uh, Christian life was, um, it's not easy if you don't have God, basically. If you have God in the mix, it's supposed to be, he said, uh, his burden is light. His yoke is easy. So what I want to do is just, I want to pray as, uh, just to end. You have seen that the two group of men that Jesus used to illustrate was one that heard and actually did versus the one that heard and did not. So if you're here today and you're one that you can say, I've been hearing, but I have a difficulty with the doing, I want to pray for you. If you've been coming to church and you've been hearing and hearing and hearing, but you have a difficulty, just doing it as you have seen that god jesus himself calls it a foolish man that if you do that so if that's you just place your hand in your heart and i just want to pray for you father thank you oh lord father you see these people you see our hearts you see the difficulties that we go through Father, I just even pray today, O oh Lord, that you speak to these people, Father. And Lord, I thank you, O oh God, that they are here today, that they are in church, they are willing to come to church. But Lord, you also see the challenges that you go through. Just even, Father, probably a little push to follow through and just embracing what it is that you, you have written in the Bible. So Lord, I lift, I lift up these people to you. I lift up our church to you, and I pray for those that have acknowledged that, Lord, I hear, but I have a difficulty just following you. So, Lord, I pray that you do the work in their lives. I thank you, O Lord, that our salvation is secure in you. And, Father, I just even pray, Father, that you would open our eyes to see much more than just thinking that you're there to make life oh harder but lord you're there to protect us you're there to bring life that is more abundant to us so in jesus name amen amen